If you are a faithful steward of God's resources, you know that God requires the first fruits of our increase. Tithing is a critical aspect of stewardship, but the question is, how are you managing the 90% God entrusts to you? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to teach on this subject in this message, The Qualities of a Faithful Steward. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. You know you're going to die, and you sitting up there letting somebody else got to buy you a casket, pay for your embalming, uh, uh, cremate you and all that. You know you were going to die. Why didn't you do something about yourself? That's something. Let them have it. You, You selfish rascal, you. You, you got a plan to die. You need to make some arrangement at a funeral home. You need to have a will. You don't have a will. The government will determine what's, go, what's going to happen with your estate. They say, oh, be ignorant. Go ahead. I, I got this. And they got it, too. They got it. Your kids won't get anything. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. By the way, when you marry... It's no more his account and her account, and you don't know what's going on in either one of them. Yeah, see, nobody said amen on that. <laughs> I thought when you get married, the two become one. Is that in your Bible? You tore that page out. What you do to that page? The two becomes one. One in everything. That's mine and that's hers. No, it's ours. It's, it's ours. And and all, wherever you have money in whatever bank you have it in, both your names ought to be on every account in that marriage. That spouse shouldn't have to be denied the privilege of having the access to the funds. You've been married 40 years. He can't or she can't get access to the funds because the name wasn't on the account. Wasn't a beneficiary. You mean you married somebody 40 years and can't trust them? Good night. Good night. My wife's name is on all of our accounts. We go and make sure and make sure everything is is where every I is dotted, every T is crossed. We want to make sure who's getting what when we die. I want to make sure she's taken care of first. The church, and before we even give to them, we have given to God. This, this church is already allotted with, uh, upon my death, a, a, a good sum of finances, because I want to be rejoicing around the throne, knowing that the, the labor and the funds are still at work while I'm enjoying the presence of God. And very few people, saints, in the black culture, strangely, leaves the church anything after they die. And I've been pastoring almost 40 years. You say, well, how much have you seen in 40 years? Little to nothing. Look how quiet it got there. I don't want to go any further with that. I just want to put that in your spirit. Because how much are you going to leave? You don't, oh, you don't know the answer? All of a sudden you can't figure that out? That's no added. When you die, how much are you going to leave? Somebody talk, what did, what, what did she leave? She left everything. <laughs> everything. F- oh, everything. I never saw a, a, a U-Haul behind a hearse. 
You're going to leave it all. So why not honor God with everything? Every bit of it belongs to God, including you. Without God, you couldn't have made the wealth. He gave you the wisdom to make that wealth. Y'all name should be on everything. You, you shouldn't have your mouths all poked out over it. And men, if you work your salt, you ought not leave your life whack, your, your wife lacking. And wife, you ought to be saying amen now. And you need to be looking at him and saying, what else you going to do? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, God help me. I'm trying to go on, but somebody, I think it's over in that section. <laughs> right over there. I'm, I'm playing with you. Let's <laughs> go <cool>, D. <laughs> Pay off your smaller debts first and then apply those extra funds toward the next smaller debt. Now, the goal to get out of debt, now when you pay off a debt, oh, I got more money for Christmas and I'm going to give to folk that don't like me anyhow. What? No. When you pay off a debt, then those funds that become available, you use that to tax the next reachable debt until it's paid off. And then you take that along with the previous payoff and tax the next one and the next one and the next one. And all of a sudden you debt free. You debt free. All you know, your goal is to have everything paid off, perhaps except your house. And, and then and then the goal will be to pay off your house. Now, I'm going to let some, I'm going to let, thank you, Holy Ghost. I see where I left off. I'm not going to forget. Now, I don't want to embarrass you, but, but I just want to set it. You, you got to set the example. The Lord just told me to do this. If your house is paid off, would, would you just raise your hand and keep it up? So, because you're going to encourage us. You're going to, you're really going to, look, 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 I want you to look around at the houses that are paid off. You okay? Those houses, look, look all around. They are paid off. Okay, now you can put your hands down. You know why? You said, why did you ask them to do that? Because I wanted them to encourage us. The same God that did it for them can do it for us. Do I have a witness? Amen. Amen. Can do it for us. My house is so close to being paid off that I can smell it. (laughs) I can smell it. I can smell it. Maybe, maybe by two years, and she's going to be gone. She's going to pay all I'm going to have is some taxes. Paid off. You, you got to have, that has to be a goal. The goal is to pay off your house, your largest investment. Pay it off. Pay. Now, 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 society don't want you to pay off. That's why they keep giving you these fake deals. Because they don't want you to pay off. Just, the, you notice the closer you get to paying something off, the more invitations you get. Hey, you can do this and you can get this. And if you do that, then you become a this. If you just do this right now, it's, it's, the, it's the deal of the year. Tell them no. Tell them no. I walk down the mall. They say, we got something for you. I look at them and say, are you going to pay for it? <laughs> no. Okay, leave, leave me alone. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> oh God, help me! That's probably daylight saving time. Maybe I got a little energy because of that. You know, I was so tired when I got here this morning. You know, that 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 hour didn't help me, but 
but the Lord sure helping me now. <laughs> D, so pay off smaller debts first, then apply those extra funds toward the next smaller debt. E, you are destined to get in debt and stay in it if you are not willing to trust God. You're destined to get in debt and stay in if you're not willing to trust God, be patient, and wait on him. Psalms 37, 7a says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. As pastor, I have never heard anyone say, I regretted waiting on the Lord. But I've heard many say, I wished I had only waited and not moved so impulsively. Church, if you trust the Lord and wait, he will protect you from making bad decisions. He will protect you from making bad investments that could keep you in unnecessary debt for so many years. It takes a long time to get out of debt. You will save yourself needless regret and trouble if you would only learn to wait on God. F, refuse to buy beyond your ability to repay. Refuse to buy beyond your ability to repay. Psalms 37, 21a says, the wicked borrows and does not repay. Christians often overlook this passage that says, you are wicked if you do not repay what you owe. Also, if you cannot afford what you are considering purchasing, then you do not need it and you can live without it. Ask yourself, can I afford this? If you can't afford it, stop looking at it. Just move on. Don't look at it. The longer you look, you're giving Satan an opportunity to mess your mind up. Don't look. Keep on moving. Wife, pull him on. Husband, pull up. Pull on. And look, y'all be respectful for each other when it comes to finances. That man sh should not walk in that house. And all of a sudden you say, look, honey, I put wood floors over the whole house. Don't you like it? <laughs> what? You know how much those wood, those wood floors cost? And y'all didn't talk about it? And the next day, the oven break, the stove break, and the air condition break. And he said, if you only talk to me, we'd have money for these, for, for these broke items. Never make a major purchase without talking to one another. Okay? Never do that. Husband, don't come and say, I got me a boat. I got me a boat. No, send it back. Send it back. Oh, God. Now, it's something, now some, sometimes y'all overlook stuff. It's something in that verse. I got to go back and revisit it. Psalm 37, 21a says, the wicked borrows and does not repay. I see the word the wicked. Say wicked. wicked. If you borrow... You already know where I'm going. You don't repay. You wicked. You you ripping and running. And those um, what's those folks that chase you down and call you all the time? Huh? Y'all talking to me. I don't understand nothing y'all saying. <laughs> Whatever they're called, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, but yeah, yeah, debt collectors. Okay. Debt collectors, it wouldn't come, you know, it just wouldn't come, you know. Debt, debt collectors, they shouldn't have to chase you down and run you down. Be a Christian man. Be a Christian woman. It's better for you to tell them, listen, I owe you, I cannot pay, 
here's my circumstances. What can you do to help me until I can get in a better situation? Live with phone. Stop running and getting, sending your child to answer the phone, tell them you're not here. <laughs> you teaching your child a lie. Con- confront your issues. Confront your issues. Just confront them. One, you, you made those bills. You made them. You need to pay every one of them. Every one of them. You made every one of them. If you don't pay what you owe, you're wicked. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, God, God got me thinking a whole lot up here. If you owe child support, it's not written down here. The government shouldn't have to run you down to get that money for that baby. If you didn't want to support a baby, you should have lived holy. That's all you got to do is live holy. That's how you keep from having babies. That's right. And alimony, I mean, all that still, just live holy. I'm not having to chase you down. You have an obligation. Meet your obligation. I'm going to take care of you, boy. I'm going to train you up, do the best I can. I messed up. I know what I did. But, but I'm going to own up to you. You mine. I'm responsible for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make a man out of you. Because that's my responsibility before the Lord. That's right. Got to run you down. That's, that's your child from the Lord. Take care of the baby. No, the government ought not. The gov, you don't do. Well, the government going to put me in jail. He ought not, the government ought not put you in jail. Your love for that child should move you to do the right thing. Okay. Uh, what number am I on? Y'all know what I am. G. Okay. <laughs> Glad y'all got some paper. <laughs> Refuse to be lazy. Proverbs 13, 4a says, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. One who is lazy would rather mooch and freeload than work. His end will surely end up in poverty and want. God is not going to do the work for you. I'm going to say it again. God is not going to do the work for you. Parents, teach your children how to work. I've never seen a five-year-old bird still in a nest waiting for the mama to drop a worm in the mouth. That, that, that's crazy to that mama bird. That bird's going to stay there for just a designated period of time, and she's going to nudge him out. If they can't catch on the flying, she'll come right on them, help them back in there. And, and, but she's not going to drop that worm or insect or whatever it is in the mouth for the rest of that bird's days. Even animals teach their young how to survive. You got this grown person talking about mama, give me. <laughs> if, if a grown child is living in your house, they need to be bringing some bacon to that house. Amen. Won't y'all say amen? amen? I'm not saying they can't live with you, but they need to be put. Hey, you ain't five anymore. <laughs> God is not going to do the work for you. He will work through you if you are willing to put forth your best effort. Second Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, we 
would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. That's the best way to get him to work. You say, wait a minute, what, what did you contribute? Beloved, the government is not your friend. Okay? Okay, don't look at me crazy. The government is not your friend. That goes back historically, biblically. You say, oh, uh, uh, who? doesn't matter who's in charge or who's in the White House. They're still not your friend. I'm not saying this to be party line. I could care less about a party. These truism was etched in the word before that was America. So, so this is not party line. See how you know the government's not your friend. Remember Pharaoh? And, and Moses came to let my people go. You see all that stuff the government did? To, you see, see what he was doing to the Hebrew slaves? Huh? You, you, you see what, you see what uh, Nebuchadnezzar did? You see what happened to Daniel and the lion's den and the Hebrew boys? That was all done by an evil government. Even during Jesus' time, government was evil. And he said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and to God that which is God. Do them right. Do them right because they know how to take everything you have and you too. They're not your friend. Peter was talking about being honorable. And yet Nero was using Christians, putting them on fire as human torches. And he was saying, still, respect and obey. I have the Bible on my side. Now, you know what happened? Y'all letting all this culture stuff get in you until you get watered down because you don't think biblically. You think Republican and Democrat and woke and wake up and go back to sleep. I'm not studying none of this. All I want to know at the end of the day is what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? I'm not up here to preach politics. I'm up here to preach Jesus. You need Jesus. You, there's enough politicians giving you lies out there. You need Jesus. The government is not your friend. And, and the Bible does not say to sit around and wait on a stimulus check. Second Thessalonians 310B says, get the rocks out your jaws and go swallow this cast oil. Go on and swallow it. Swallow it. Say, I don't like it. Swallow it. Pastor, give me another dose. Do you know? Government don't owe you nothing. I'm telling you that right now. I wish I could just labor this thing. Do you realize I've been in country? See, some of y'all, all y'all been to is America. We, my wife and I, we've been some places. And you go to these countries like you gun it off. They, just, they say social security. What is that? But they started talking about, I can call all the other things that we get that they don't get. It's so much in these countries that we have uh, managed, they don't even know what it is. They don't even know what it is. A stimulus check in Uganda? You kidding me? They said, what's a stimulus check? And they'd be saying, well, how can my government give me one? <laughs> if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. In summary, in summary, what does God require of us as stewards who have been entrusted with managing his money? 
What does it require of us? And then we're done. A, pray about every spending decision. Pray. You stay out of a lot of trouble if you just pray before you do anything. B, surrender your finances under God's divine management. God, he is everything I own. I want you to manage it because I don't know what I'm doing. C, by faith, apply and live by biblical principles on financial stewardship. By faith, apply and live by the biblical principles on financial stewardship. D, seek wisdom from God in every spending decision. Seek wisdom from God in every spending decision. E, refuse to panic when things get tight financially. Refuse to panic when things get tight financially, which causes you to trust your emotions more than trusting God. You cannot trust your emotions. Never make a decision based on your feelings. In closing, we are to save money, but not hoard it. We are to spend money, but with discernment and self-control. We are to give back to the Lord financially by faith, joyfully, and sacrificially. We are to use money to help others through wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit. It is not a sin to be rich. I'm going to say that again. Some folks get mad because folks rich. If they got it right, they live right. What is that to you because of God blessing them in that way? And God may not bless you with it because you can't handle it. Uh, how you going to get more and you can't even handle a little? You know? And, and oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. When it comes to giving to somebody that you think is well off or got it all together, and you start, you start assessing, well, they got this, 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 they drive this, 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 they got, they're wearing this, 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 so I'm just going to give them this. So you, you base your giving not on what the Holy Spirit, you, you base it on how you think they're doing. And God is saying, keep the money, it's a stench. It is not a sin to be rich, but it is, it is, it is a sin to love money. It is not a sin to be poor, but it is a sin to waste money on trivial things. The Bible's consistent message on managing money is to trust the Lord by faith and be wise. James 1.5a says, now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously. Be mindful that the Lord requires us to be faithful stewards of all that he has entrusted to us. And one day we all will give an account of how we managed his possession. I close with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body According to what he has done, whether good or bad. And you're going to one day stand before God and give an account to him for every dime you get. You, you, you say, why do you say that, preacher? Oh, I'm glad you ask. I say that because every spending decision is a spiritual decision when God is managing the money.
Did you get that? That's not on the paper. God just gave that to me. Just gave it to me. Some of y'all, y'all pack up so bad. When I say in conclusion, y'all close. It's already close. And the biggest point come after you. Huh, I'm, oh, he said, he said in closing. He, in closing. Whoop. Come on with the invitation. Bring it on. In closing. So y'all shut down. You logged out. <laughs> Every spending decision is a spiritual decision when the funds that God has endowed and entrusted to you is under God's divine management. And all God's children said, God bless you. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.